I'm Zach Embry, and this is Till We Die, a podcast about DIY music scenes and the people that make them happen. I hope most people's connections to DIY start with, we got an issue little car. To me, like, what makes hardcore cool is like, is like the small spaces, the community, the local bands, like, I've always cared more about that shit. Really wasn't much like in the terms of like hardcore punk stuff in Springfield, and then like we just like kept making more bands, and then all of a sudden our friends were making bands, mm-hmm. and like, and then like, I think that there's people who probably still like kids around then who still look back as that as like the golden era, mm-hmm. and it's like it really only just happened because we like made bands and like yeah. and put on shows. In this episode, I sit down with Drew Codridge in the back of my coffee shop. I made him a ginger drink, and I asked him a bunch of questions about DIY, his role in the scene, all the bands he was in, stuff like that. Drew's currently in three active bands and does a bunch of booking here in town. Anywho, here's Drew. shows at Dumb Records. I play in some bands. Work a job. What kind of quite I work a job. I don't really want to talk good. about that right now. Well, I mean you you're a I don't working really want to, Yeah, I have yeah, a job. That's good. Uh, yeah. That's good. How did you how did you get into booking shows to DIY? Um I'd been going to shows for a little bit and this person named Ish at the time uh, took me under their wing, showed me uh, how to talk to bands, helped me book my first few shows at Black Sheep, and it's just kind of been all downhill from there. Okay, and uh, so when you started going to shows, how did you how did you start going to shows? Do you remember how old you were? Um, I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. I was a freshman in high school. And I really liked Slipknot. Uh And this kid, Spencer, who went to my school, who was a little bit older than me, uh, we would play Xbox together because we had the mutual friends. Uh And he one time was like, yo, you listen to that Slipknot shit because you could like hear it through my microphone. He was like, listen to As I Lay Dying. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I listened to As I Lay Dying and 14-year-old me was into it Uh because it was heavier than Slipknot. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, at the time, I was like, this is heavy. Yeah. Looking back, I don't know. But, uh, and then he was like, come to a show with me. Basically, like, dragged me to my first shows at Black Sheep. And we got in his, like, shitty little car, Mm because I was too young to drive. Mm -hmm. I I think, I hope most people's connections to DIY start with, we got in his shitty little car. Yeah. Because I think that's like really part of it. I it's think like that you that's get like part the, of it. the piece of shit, mm-hmm. like barely functions, no AC ever. Mm-hmm. Was there garbage everywhere? Yes, yeah. of course. It's like garbage everywhere. There's like Black Dahlia murders like blaring through the speakers. Mm-hmm. But it sounds bad, or does it sound good? It sounds bad, but like because I'm 14, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
for so, sure. And I, and I was still... Do you rem- Go ahead. No, it's just metalcore, very great then. Sure. Do you remember what show that was? No, I remember one of my first shows. I don't remember. I don't think it was the first, but one of the first was the last commodity show, okay. which like means nothing to anybody that doesn't live here. Sure. And probably doesn't to most people that live here now. But yeah. if you lived around here in that era, it meant something to you. Okay. And yeah. It was pretty crazy. Everybody was acting a fool. That sounds which great. Is great. Yeah. I think I found that flyer like not too long ago. Like I think I like went back and found it online. I don't mm-hmm. have like a physical copy, but like I remember it being a pretty stacked up show. Okay. So but I don't remember any other bands now off the top of my head. For sure. But yeah. Commodity was local hardcore band and so and it was their last show and that was when everybody like loved to mosh, so everybody was moshing really hard. It's yeah. cool. What a so you said that Spencer drug you to shows, mm-hmm. and um, what what made was there a transition from metalcore to to hardcore? Um, was it just natural progression of, of liking better bands and quotations, or was it? I don't know if I'd say better. I think I think at the time, I don't remember if Big Mouth existed. I don't think Big Mouth existed when I started. Okay. Or maybe it did. I don't. I think that what got me more into hardcore was bands like Big Mouth, but then also like bands that they would play with, and then people like Ish who would like show me like hardcore bands. I want to say that there's this band from Chicago called Burdened that I want to say was one of like the first like demo tape hardcore punk bands I listened to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like bands yeah. that like weren't ever really big, sure, but like listened to like consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then like, there's also like, you know, like the classic like minor threat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't. I think what got me back in or more into hardcore over metalcore was just like, I don't, I don't know. I think just like the passage of time and me like, just thinking it was better. Yeah. What a. How how far into your your journey mm-hmm. did you did you start booking shows? Was it pretty, like, quick, or were you going to shows for five years, you know? Do you remember? I know I went to shows for two years before I made any friends. Okay. So I didn't know anybody for two years. Except Spencer? Except Spencer. And then, like, occasionally a couple of my friends from school would come, other than Spencer. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what years these were? You were 14, so what I was 14. That would have been up until I was 16. So what year would that have been? Yeah, yeah. Just like the actual year. Fourteen. Fourteen. I was born in ninety-four. Fourteen would be ten years ago. Yeah. And it is nineteen. It would be two thousand nine. So two thousand nine. Maybe two thousand eight. Sure. Because I'm turning twenty-five this year. Yeah, so around that would, about that time. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So what made you? What made you want to book those shows? Like, what made you want to go from being the kid at the hardcore show and just enjoying it to to wanting to book bands? I don't. Was it? I don't the, know if there is like a thing that happened or like. Do you think it was like a necessity thing? Like, um, I don't like, think it was like that because I think that there were people booking shows. It wasn't like there was. But like, were there people booking the shows that you wanted to see? Was it just like, oh, I like these bands and no, I, I want to get them a show because I'm I want to see them. I think there was. I think honestly, I think that that like was implanted in me, like the mm-hmm. desire to. Okay. Was implanted by Ish, and I think also like Miles. Fowler, I mm-hmm. think, also had a big, had pretty heavy hand in that. Mm-hmm. I think 
I think I wanted to maybe just be more than like the kid at the show. Yeah. You know, like I think. I don't know. There's just something about. I got bit by the DIY bug. I guess. I don't yeah. Really, I don't really have a good answer for that. For sure. What uh, what does DIY mean to you? You said bit by the DIY bug. You're going to this DIY venue where these kids are booking their own shows. Yeah. And you're seeing bands that aren't huge, but they're good, and people are watching them. Mm-hmm. And you're you're getting more and more into independent music. Yeah. From us from a Slipknot, fan, <laughs> which I'm sure you still like, but you know, leaning into Dude, that I love kind of Slipknot. Um, sure. But I think. DIY to me is like I think that there's so many documentaries where there's like these old dudes that like used to be in bands or whatever like the founding men of punk or whatever the fuck and they like talk about what DIY means to them and it just feels like so like vapid and stupid Mm -hmm. but I but also I will say that like I think to me it's just like we're doing our own thing I think it's just like to me it's like doing art and music and not caring about money okay i think that that's like what it boils down to to me like because i think like that's what separates in my mind separates me from like some dude who's like in a band like quote unquote trying to make it Mm -hmm. like trying to make like this like marketable band Mm -hmm. is that i think that like i just like don't care about that stuff i just like want to play the music that i like and have fun yeah and i think that like that's like what makes diy different from like bar rock culture amongst other things but sure. like I think that that's like musically what kind of distinguishes the two yeah well and I'm not saying that's like knock that other stuff I'm just saying that that's like to me the difference I'm not saying that like one's necessarily better than the other no but, but you're more drawn to yeah to the other side of things yeah. um yeah so let's talk about you the bands that you've been in okay or uh, a lot of them yeah you want to start at the beginning or you want to skip the beginning? Let's go back, all the way back. Let's go all the way back. Um, first thing I ever performed as was this noise project I had called Gazebo. Gazebo. Gazebo, not good. Not really worth talking about. My grandfather there was this, has a gazebo. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There was this, like, blip uh, in time this summer where, like, there was, like, three or four noise projects for some reason in Springfield. Mm-hmm. And, like, they were all bad. The summer of noise. Yeah, it was bad. Except for... Uh, Chris, Chris has does good, has always done good noise stuff, but like the rest of us, bad. Crusty Chris, dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Jeff also did something decent. Jeff. Brown. Jeff Brown. He did like it wasn't like necessarily like super like great sonically, but Jeff I think had the performance thing down better yeah. than the rest of I us. I remember, I remember Jeff having a noise thing, but I never got to see it. Yeah, I distinctly remember being with Jeff and having to go to Walgreens after a show because he like busted his thumb open with a hammer smashing concrete or smashing like cinder blocks um and i felt like at that time i was like this kid watching this very large man jeff yeah (laughs) who's like i mean he's always been around just a good guy Mm -hmm. um and he like but just like watching him like holding this like t-shirt like full of blood over his thumb that he like most certainly like fucked like yeah. bad yeah. with a hammer on accident and yeah. I and kept performing. I don't I don't think he stopped at all. Yeah. Um but yeah and Jeff he, he I don't want to go off a super big tangent about Jeff, but sure. he I think he more so than the rest of us, although 
I think all of it sonically wasn't great across the board. I think yeah. Jeff had the performance thing down the best. Cool. And, and then, so anyways, back to back to me. Yeah, back to you. Uh, Gazebo, first noise project, first performing project. After that, I was very briefly in a band for the beginning stages that never I never performed in, but later became um, Akaname. Um, and then later, Bad Banshee. Um, but I, like I said, never played a show with them and wasn't okay. there for the writing of most of their material. But mm-hmm. it's important because that band is how I learned how to play drums from Cody Jones. Um, and then I started this other band called Asthma, and I quit the band with Cody because I, I was playing drums in two bands at once and I couldn't play drums. And I, <laughs> and I, like, I was like, this punk band makes more sense to me because like, what happened was... My friend Bo, who's the vocalist of Asthma, and Brian Galecki, um, scene legend Brian Galecki, scene legend, went to Chicago to see this band Gag. That like now to me Gag is like kind of news, but at the time Gag was like the hot new thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and we went to go see that, and then we came back, and we were like, we have to make like punk like that. Yeah. And then we made Asthma, which is like doesn't really sound like that at all but it like was and it was just like nasty like mosh punk stuff mm-hmm. asthma um and then we had a band called mouth sex also with Bo, um and that had tater on drums i don't know if like naming people's names is like worth doing at all but yeah I mean, <laughs> like, if, uh, like if tater anyone, was in that yeah my, if anyone listens was to in that. a bunch of these then they'll connect the dots yeah and if not Hopefully the people, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It'll make sense. Yeah, we'll, so we'll draw a map. Quincy played bass. Taylor played drums. Eventually, my friend Mitch played bass um, from Mouth Sex. Then from Mouth Sex, I think I was in this band called Acid Cop that played a single show. I want to say mm-hmm. I played drums in that. Whatever. Then I played drums in this band Gush that played many more shows. It was the first band I ever went on on a tour with. We went on a weekend run down to Louisville and uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Gush was fun. Uh, had a, I think that that was a good band because I think, I think it was like a hardcore band and I think like a lot of, at least I think a lot of girls that went to shows kind of identify with it. I think Nix was like, their vocalist Nix was like pretty sassy and like fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that that translated well. Yeah. Um, this is like a fast punk band. And then, what was after that? Was Pris, I think Pris formed around the same time that Gush was happening. Um, but this was definitely after Asthma and Mouse Sex had broken up. Pris, I played guitar. That was my first band playing guitar in. Um, got my friend Gus and I was like, let's make a band. And she was like, cool. And we like got together and started writing some songs. And then she ended up doing vocals. And then my friend Tater, who I played with the Mouth Sex, now played drums and Pris. And then my partner at the time, uh, Blue, played bass. Um, and it was good. Everybody in that band was pretty good. Um, got in a lot of fights, but that's like what makes it good. Yeah, for sure. It's the tension. You need yeah, that. You got to have it. You got to have, you know. I don't know if you actually have to have that, but... Yeah, it's probably good. It makes for better stories, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Pris was, like, the big band that I did, even though it wasn't really that big, but that's, like, the biggest thing I've done, I think. Yeah. We, we toured... That's the thing I've toured the most with. Mm-hmm. We did, like, probably... I would say four or five tours, maybe? I don't know. But they're all, like, a week, week and a half long, and 
maybe some weekends in there or something. And um, it was fun. And uh, from there, I was in Final Order formed. Um, and then I should play guitar in. Um, and then Uncle Sam's Mutagenic Children played a couple shows, which is like just like drum machine grindcore stuff that I played guitar in. And then with my friend Nier, um, who was the noise making the good noise, Chris Nier, mm-hmm. same person. Um, and then, uh, God, I hate trying to think about this because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm bad at it. Um, and now prevention, prevention and final order are the current active ones. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's it. Although I can't shake this feeling that I'm missing something, but maybe I'm not. Maybe you're not. Maybe you are. I don't know. We can edit it and post. Just have <laughs> Just you like, say the name like, like, one time. Randomly, like shoot me like <laughs> yeah. saying a name in there. Um, so let's talk about final order. Okay. Describe final order. Final order. What, um, what does it sound like? Uh, People love this question. I hate it. Yeah, everybody hates it. One time, my friend from Milwaukee, he's in this band Gangstalker, and he's in this band Falter, um, and he played with us here, and he said that it sounded like hardcore at the end of the world, like the end, hardcore at the end of the world or something. Like, like the world has ended in hardcore. That's what Final Order sounds like, which I thought was the nicest thing anybody's yeah, ever said, seems... but very fake. That doesn't, not fake, but like not accurate. Okay. I'm sure he means it and he's no. sincere, but I don't think that's like a fair. For a long time, I thought a Falter, band name was Falter MKE because uh, on the flyers it always said MKE. They just like to say that they're from Milwaukee. Yeah, but it took me a while. No, that's fair. That's that's fine. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, it's Final Order. It's like fast, hardcore punk stuff. A little less punk, a little more hardcore, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, That's with my friend Dalton, Mm -hmm. um, who's Tater's fiance. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the connect there. We're all connected. Uh, Liam, who's my roommate, good buddy. Yep. Liam's a very good drummer. My yep. friend Nat does vocals. Uh, Nat is um, very tough. Yeah. I think Nat's a very sweet person, but they're also like, I feel like always ready for a fight. Yeah. Which is admirable. I feel like I'm never ready for a fight. Sure. I'm always trying to de-escalate. Yeah, I think Final Order is uh, very tough and aggressive. Yeah. It's uh, There's a lot of... Um, and that's not me. There's a lot of mood yeah. coming off, yeah. uh, and it makes it really fun to watch. I'm glad that you think that. I think <laughs> that's what I think. I mean, I think it's fun. I think that's a great fun person. Yeah. I, I think Dalton's a good bass player. I yep. think Liam's a great drummer. Yep. Um, it's a very, very good band. Thank you. Yeah. And then Prevention. Prevention. Tell us about Prevention. Prevention Straight Edge. Straight um, Edge, which means you're Straight Edge. Which means I'm Straight Edge. And, um, and the other members? Are all Straight Edge. Everybody's Straight Edge. The other members, uh, Bryce and BJ and other Bryce. There's two two boys named Bryce. Um, and that band is just like more... It's hardcore punk as well. I would say... It's a little, it's, it's, it's sound like I listened to it. I'm like, this is a straight edge band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. as much, I don't know if that like makes any sense, but I feel like straight edge bands tend to have like a certain, certain types of sounds. I feel like that's one of them. Okay. Um, yeah. It's like angry guy fast, but then also like not always super fast. Yeah. Straight edge stuff. 
Um, but it's it's fun to play. I like playing it. I like being in it. I do vocals in it. Yeah. Um, we're about to do a music video shoot sometime soon, which is going to be hilarious. Yeah. I am doing it almost, ex- no, pretty much entirely because I want to put on a good show. Yeah. Like, if it didn't, I had some, like, out-of-town band that was going to play, and then they couldn't do it after they had said yes, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I think if that hadn't have happened, I would not have done the music video. Yeah. Because, well, I think it's it's fine. I think it's also a little silly. Yeah, definitely a little silly. But, but that's like the appeal of it. Yeah. Worst case scenario, it well, maybe not the worst case scenario. I'm hoping for mm-hmm. <laughs> that at the very least, it's like some kids that like maybe give a shit, like get to be in a video and like have fun. Yeah. And, like it's it's a. I think it's cool. Um, it's a cool way to document um, what's happening in "quote unquote" the scene. As much as I, I hate the term, but um, yeah. you know, music videos are are an interesting way to to have a piece of that for a long time. Video will probably um, you know outlive physical flyers and other things like that. So I think it's an interesting way to, um, to yeah. Kind of I was look into it, uh, you know. I was there, there's this band, Close Your Eyes, that filmed a music mm-hmm. video at Black Sheep, and I was there for that, and it was very funny, because at that point, I was, like, a Black Sheep regular, mm-hmm. and there was, like, all these people there that I'm sure, like, to them, like, Black Sheep means something, too, like, I don't want to downplay that, but it's just, like, people that, like, I did not know or see on a regular sure. basis, Yeah. Um, and I think they were there because it was a music video, which mm. is fine and funny and, like, like cool, but also just, like, I don't know, it's like kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so I'm, like, I'm kind of hoping for a little bit of that. I'm hoping that there's some people there who just don't give a single shit right mm. now that maybe come to the music video shoot just because it's, like, a music video. Yeah. And then, like, maybe they're, like, oh, this is cool. And yeah. then they, like, maybe come again. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they just get to have that one experience that was hopefully good. Yeah. And that's sure. fine, too. So... Do you want to talk about Straight Edge? Oh. Do you, uh... What's there to say? How long have you been Straight Edge? <laughs> uh, like, eight years. Eight years. Something like that. What were you like before you were Straight Edge? Were you a bad kid? Mm, good kid? I don't know if I'm a good kid now. Okay. But I think back then, I was especially bad. Okay. I think. And you feel, uh... I was a big... I feel like before I was straight edge, I was very not straight edge. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that. And I liked to, uh, I think in the same way that I kind of tend to kind of like uh, preach straight edge now, Mm -hmm. I feel like I was preaching uh, uh, the inverse of that at the time. Mm -hmm. And because I was like, I was like 13. Sure. Or 14. And like I discovered this thing Mm -hmm. um, and that was stupid. And then like I like, grew out of it not not that it's like stupid to do stuff like that per se but like yeah for sure i think that my relationship to it was stupid yeah and then i um yeah i started going to shows for a while and then like i met miles and also once again ish we're both straight edge kevin is straight edge also this was like one big mouth was like Big Mouth started playing, I think, mm-hmm. around then a lot and like so i was like pretty immersed in like this big like straight edge chris mollett chris mollett i have no idea don't even i I have some idea, but I could okay. I would probably name some names that aren't true. That aren't true. At the at the very least, Big Mouth was Chris Mollett and Kevin Bradford. Kevin Bradford. 
And I'm sure that everybody else who's in that band would love that I completely forget who they are. Um, Sorry. But we'll edit it out. <laughs> no, you don't have yeah. to. Uh, I, I met somebody uh, named Brennan Wilkinson. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that, dude. Yeah, I met him in St. Louis. He's in this band Soulcraft now. He lives in St. Louis. And he used to be in Big Mouth. But yep. I'm not sure where he ties in. I don't know if he's in it the whole time or yeah. if he was like a founding member that kind of left mm-hmm. after a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I started going to shows in like... 2006? Yeah. Around the area and stuff. But I, re- I remember like people's names that I don't I don't remember what bands they were in or why they were yeah to me or to Black Sheep or anything. So... I was Justin Sawyer in that band? I don't know. I feel like he was. That's but maybe I'm just wrong. We can just say a bunch of names and then. I feel like that's all that. Who? There's other people too. There's this one guy whose name I don't think I ever knew. Okay. And he had a girlfriend that I remember them being together. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's how you became straight edge. Yeah. Well, and like, and like, I think I think Miles should get a lot of credit for that. Miles Fowler. Miles Fowler. Because yeah. um, he's Miles is a good guy. Miles is a good guy. Uh, they, I think, put me on a path. They definitely introduced me to veganism for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of growth there. I think, I think like those people taught me to like not be homophobic. Mm-hmm. Help me grow out of that. Yeah. Help me not hate women probably not that I hated women sure. but you know yeah. like unpack some of the some of the the societal standards yeah, that yeah. I think are basically just hating women yeah um so that's good <laughs> I like that um your like Miles is the the dude that helped usher you into veganism or straight edge uh-huh and from my earliest memory of Miles was um I would come to shows with a pack of camel Turkish royals or golds because I knew that Miles smoked them and he would bum them off of me. So uh, I wanted to be like nice and get in with the cool kids. So I would I would buy those cigarettes so that when Miles bumped cigarettes off me because he always bumped cigarettes off me, <laughs> that he would have the kind he liked and it would start a conversation. So I think it's very interesting how people change and how things. Yeah, and mm. I've, I've heard that about Miles before. I know Miles is, like, also definitely not straight-edge anymore. Sure. Uh, and, you know, people grow and change. It's yeah. whatever. Um, He's also a wrestler now. Yeah, Miles, which like... Which is pretty cool. Yeah, they're wrestling. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how all that works. How the wrestling works? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know a lot about it. I, I know that it's pretty... Seems, like, structurally it's similar to hardcore. Yeah. But maybe not, maybe it's similar, but was more, more business savvy. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's similar in the sense that there's like a lot of people doing very small things mm-hmm. and kind of like putting in work and time and effort mm-hmm. and like kind of creating their own characters, doing their own things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like, um, it's like DIY punk meets like community theater or something. Yeah. It's like this very like, um, but then it's also like, pretty violent and like yeah physical it's like a, you know it's a sport, yeah it's a so. sport yeah okay so vegan straight edge hardcore drew mm-hmm. um we've, yeah. we've hit those yeah you were in some bands in some bands you booked some shows booked them um did you have a tape label i did and it was called uh the f- first one was called ooey gooey tapes and the second one was called prescience tapes 
Okay. Ooey Gooey was the one that I put out all the releases that everybody cares about. Mm-hmm. Prescience came later. Um, I thought that if I changed the name, because I thought Ooey Gooey is pretty stupid name-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, not content-wise, but name-wise. Um, yeah. It was also like a time, a place in time where like being like kind of like gross, silly punk was like very in. Yeah. Um, Lumpy D- and the Dumpers was very in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that stuff. But then like... I kind of like thought like well this doesn't feel like this is me anymore and so like after a while i like kind of lost steam and then i was like well what if i did it again but with like a different name and so i just started prescience but like that one i like had like no steam from the very beginning so i put out like five releases i think and mm-hmm. kind of fell off um yeah. but yeah uh prescience put out or ooey gooey put out like all the springfield bands basically or like springfield like diy punk bands for like a while yeah um, and then also some stuff from like Champagne. Uh, I think I put out a band from like Philly or something like that that like I knew that was not like a big band by any means. Um, and I think they I think they only put out one tape and then broke up. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I think that might be yeah. And then like that's oh and this band Body Image from Chicago. I think I put out their tape. I did put out their tape. Um, that was a really good band, but yeah. Again, not very big. Okay. I believe I have. A handful of ooey gooey tapes yeah. in my collection, um, which is why I brought it up. Okay, well, let's talk about what what do you have to say about the future of hardcore <laughs> or DIY um, or the current state? So, like, I think specifically, I was thinking a lot about those half heart shows that were like massive. Uh huh. And like that's pretty weird for a hardcore show, I think. Yeah, it's I kind of like, feel like ten thousand people was a number I heard. Yeah, it was around. a lot of people. I was so I was, many that like they couldn't have possibly even really seen the band. I feel yeah. like. And to like, hardcore has never been like that. It's not like a. To me, I don't like. I don't well, think maybe it has. I don't know. I guess it depends on like how loose your, under like your definition of hardcore is. Yeah. I mean, like. I suppose. I think that like it, it's interesting because Have Heart is like very much it's not a mainstream band because like when I the reason I push back on that is because I think of bands like maybe like Rage Against the Machine that I think sure very much like come out of punk and hardcore and I think yeah. still have that kind of but like stylistically they're like doing things that are like a little bit different mm-hmm. that I think make them more accessible yeah um, I, I but, guess but Have Heart isn't Have Heart yeah. is like a hardcore yeah band. the point like, the point not, being that like is that specific like almost DIY style hardcore is it becoming more mainstream is oh yeah I would is, say so yeah I think like you look at bands like um look at bands like uh Code Orange Knock Loose, Knock loose. Yeah. I think that those bands and like uh, and various others are like making it making it like big again mm-hmm. and it's like cool and bad at the same time I think it's cool because it's like Damn, there's all these like new kids at shows, and that's sick. Also, though, I think it's kind of bad because I think that like <laughs> I think that like the end result is maybe that some of that stuff feels like it's kind of removed from like the spirit of hardcore. Mm-hmm. It's like more like it. It reminds me more of like old metalcore. I mean, and they are like metalcore bands, so that kind of makes sense. Sure. But I think that they like think of themselves as more hardcore, but they have like a lot of like. 
and not them specifically, but I think like the tone of like those shows when I go to them, mm-hmm. it just they it's just like these big dudes that like I don't know. I feel like they like don't give a fuck about like local shit at all. Sure. Like those like touring packages, it's like there's no local like there's no room for local support mm-hmm. on them. Like you go on these like these packages are like five touring bands, and it's like kind of cool that like five hardcore metalcore bands can like go on tour and like not need local support to like pack out a place that's like kind of cool but then it's also like not very cool because it's like this thing where it's like this weird like hierarchy and it's like not super connected to like any kind of like i don't know like definitive like i don't know like to me like what makes hardcore cool is like is like the small spaces the community the yeah. local bands like i've always cared more about that shit like people who like jump on like big cities like super hard it's like to me that shit's like it's cool like if you're in chicago like for instance like yeah to live up chicago hardcore but like if you're not then like why are you repping it like why is that like so ingrained in you like to me like i think that like the small venue the small show is like way cooler yeah um sure. you know like and that's not even like i'm talking about like oh like as a performer or like i'm just saying like as an as a participant you know yeah. like in general i think that like small spaces are better for a lot of reasons uh like community um i think that the music tends to be better i think it seems to be more felt i think that like that's like where you have conversations that are meaningful like i think that like a lot of this stuff it's like you know people they're taught there's there's conversations being had in hardcore still like political ones but i think that like i wonder how much of it is like grabbed at how much of it is connecting versus how much of it is just like people beating the shit out of each other to like heavy music which is like fine and fun but like mm-hmm. i think that there like ought to be like a mixture and i don't know if i'm like seeing the mixture like when I go to the shows, I don't see the bands, like, giving speeches. Yeah. And to me, that that kind of pays more, like, that kind of lends itself more to, like, how it's being kind of more commercialized. Mm-hmm. And that's why it reminds me of, like, old school, like, metalcore stuff. Not old school, but, like, when I first started coming around, like, that kind of metalcore yeah. where there's, like, booking agents, like, everywhere. Like, all yeah. these bands that I've been booking lately, like, even, like more hardcore and more metalcore stuff I'm, I'm dealing with booking agents yeah. and I never I like I've been booking shows since I was like 16 I think maybe a little bit older than that but like at least five plus years you know mm-hmm. and it's only within the last year that I've been like really heavy dealing with booking agents yeah. so it's like I don't to me that shit's like it's totally that to me it's like you're stepping away from the DIY in favor of like having a greater reach maybe Mm -hmm. but the end result is that I think that you're like losing some of like the magic some of the connection that like keeps it being like keeps it on like a a, maybe not necessarily like explicitly anti-capitalist but like uh like a like a non-capitalist like like activity you know because if you're like just trying to sell a shit ton of tickets yeah. And like not necessarily say anything meaningful, then like you're just like that's just like boring like radio rock. You sure. know what I mean? But like yeah. but you're down tuned. Yeah. That's like cool, like great. Yeah. But like that doesn't and I don't mean to be like judgmental of anybody about it. I'm just saying like I think that we like ought to keep like you know, like if you not like I doubt anybody hears this is this would apply to them, but like if somebody like 
doesn't if you don't go to like local shows yeah then how the hell are you gonna be like driving an hour an hour and a half to like go see these like big bands sure to me it's like i get that like you maybe have a work schedule that's tight or whatever but Mm -hmm. like like i like eat sleep and breathe this stuff and like i guess i just like don't get how people can have this like very like how can you be in it for so long but like never have had this like concrete like you know what I mean? how is your yeah. connection only going to see knock blues in chicago yeah like how do you how do you how do you love hardcore but go to like six shows a year sure like, i don't get and it and i like, think i think that there's something interesting about that too because and maybe it's just that things are different when i was a kid and got into punk or metal or heavy music or whatever mm-hmm. it it started with big big bands you know right uncle big bands like um you know like i fucking loved pod or something you know and like that like got my like it got me excited about that stuff and then over time like found out that there were like way cooler bands and that like there was this whole like scene of people playing music that was like great you know and i still mostly like pod so i don't want to shit on them because I like them, but the idea that like I think that it's it's cool that a, maybe a band like Knock Loose or, or these like big hardcore metalcore bands could like draw in a fourteen year old or a fifteen year old into the culture if yeah. they if they turn if they if it becomes like a point where they turn around and then like start going to local shows and starting their own bands and stuff. I think that there's some positivity there, but I, I do think that what like the same thing as what you said when you're like when you're only going to see those big shows and you're only doing this thing, then that's that's where it goes, so. Yeah, and I don't necessarily feel like criticizing, like, younger kids. If you're, like, new to it and, like, that's your only touch point, like, that's great. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. But, like, I'm thinking more of, like, like, when I... I went and saw uh, Knock Loose in Bloomington and, like, there's, like, a shit ton of dudes there who, like, look like... Yeah, they like love hardcore. And I don't know if they're just like from Chicago or like what the deal was because I don't think they played Chicago on that tour. I guess my question is just like, where are you at any other time? Yeah, and I'm not everywhere, so you know, like maybe they're just maybe they're at local shows in Bloomington. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's like, I guess like my question is just like, why only the big stuff? Mm-hmm. And like, I guess my concern is with the big stuff is that like I worry that like it becomes too commercialized and then it's like yes it's sick to see all these big bands but like i don't know like it's also sick to see small bands like it's also sick to like see your friend like play in a band for the first time yeah or like see like you know like whatever and and then also like part of it is that like i think that small communities can be much more inclusive like i think that like those big shows it's like okay, here's five touring bands. There's literally no women in them. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Like, you know what sure. I mean? And it's like, who's at those shows? It's like, yeah, it's a mixed It's a mixed group, but, like, I think that, like, more often than not, it's, like, predominantly... The ones that I've been to, at the very least, tend to be very male-dominated, and that's fine. And, like, and you know, it's not like there's not women there. I don't want to, like, erase anybody, but, like, I guess it's just, like, local shows in Springfield, to me, ever since... I've been like playing in bands have been very like welcoming I think to like to women and queer people and I think that like maybe and I think hardcore I think and that's the thing that's like gets me about it, is that I think that hardcore is 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 really there too mm-hmm. like I think that like hardcore is like I see I see more and more women in bands I see more and more people of color and more queer people and so I think that it's there too mm-hmm. 
but I think that it's like kind of overshadowed by like these like almost mainstream bands. Yeah. And like I think that those bands are like definitely helping it all come together. So it's it's kind of like it's just like a weird give and take. Like I think I love it because I I love that I can like maybe meet kids who like love hardcore, but like I haven't met them yet. That's sure. sick. But then also at the same time, it's like I just I just want people to be able to experience smaller shows, smaller community because I think that that's where the power is, and I think that's where the love is. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not like criticizing anybody per se. I'm just saying like let's make it happen locally. Yeah. You know, that's it. And like I think that like it's it's not always that easy and like it's always difficult, you know? Like when I when I when we started asthma, there was like no there's nothing that like really sounded like punk like that. I mean, there was soap scum, but soap scum I feel like was kind of on the way out during that um locally. And I think that there, like, really wasn't much, like, in the terms of, like, hardcore punk stuff in Springfield. And then, like, we just, like, kept making more bands. And then all of a sudden our friends were making bands. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then, like, I think that there's people who probably still, like, kids around then who still look back as that as, like, the golden era. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it really only just happened because we, like, made bands and, like, yeah. and put on shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I guess, like, with hardcore, I think, and punk or whatever genre we're talking about, really, I think that, like if you're like yo i love this big band then like make a small band that like sounds similar and then like put on shows and like Mm -hmm. make it happen locally you know what i mean like that's my thing but Mm -hmm. i don't know i guess like because i think that like the small stuff is where it's at i still i still feel that like i just got hit up by a band today like two bands for today like mm-hmm. for the show in october that i'm like stoked on and there are bands that are like smaller but they sound like fucking sick yeah you know yeah that's awesome so i don't know that's my that's my, my take that's your take hot take mm-hmm. um all right let's do some quick questions um less heavy questions okay um lighten up the mood a little bit sure sure um do you believe in god no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> that's a heavy question who is the best current area band? Area band? Yeah. What do you define as area band? Springfield. Let's oh, say Springfield. Best Springfield and by Field best, band? best doesn't mean that you know. Who are you really proud of? Who are you? Who, who's exciting you right now? It doesn't have to be favoritism, you know. I don't want um, anyone to get mad because you didn't pick their band, but somebody is really sticking out to you lately. In Springfield. Yeah. Or I mean, it could be. It could reach out a little bit. You're in all the bands in Springfield. So. I'm in, a, yeah, that's like, uh, bands that I'm not in that I like. I really like Blush. Mm-hmm. Um, that band's pretty solid, I would say. Um, and I really like, uh, I like, I've always liked Grin, and they're like playing shows again, so that's yeah. that's cool too. Um, and you know, like there's like bands like Looming and Bottom Bracket that I think are like great too. Mm. Maybe not necessarily 100% like my style. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that like a negative way. It's just like those bands are great, and I like watching them. But it's like I'm not like necessarily like jamming them all the time. Yeah. Which I'm sure could probably probably be said about my bands for them too. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, but yeah, no, I like. Right. It's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Who's the best defunct? Or inactive area band, Springfield band, Who's like like no longer existing. No longer existing, or hasn't played shows in a really long time. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Um... Man. I'm trying to think. I think, like... I really liked Big Mouth. I feel like that mm-hmm. one was pretty influential to me, personally. Yeah. I also really liked Child Bride. Pretty similar eras. Mm-hmm. Pretty diff- different sides of the spectrum. But, like, uh, those are both really solid bands. I I'm, I feel like there's, like, a band that, like... Oh, I I, I guess I would say Soap Scum. Probably top. Okay. Top tier is Soap, Soap Scum. Scum. Soap Scum was, like, really fasty, nasty... Fasty? Fast, nasty. Fasty, nasty. Fasty, nasty punk mm-hmm. that I think, like, really, like, hit a lot of the right boxes. Okay. And when they did that reunion show for the last Black Sheep show, that was, like, one of the best sets I've ever seen, I think. Okay. Good. What, uh... What's the best vegan ice cream sandwich? Mm, here where, in town. And where can you get it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right here, foamed up. Foamed up in the in the White Oak Mall. In the White Oak Mall. It's a pretty cool place. Uh, they have a peanut a peanut butter cookie ice cream sandwich. And they have like a shit ton of flavors, honestly. Yeah, I, I just had a peach one today. Yeah. And uh, there's cherry that I had. I you know it changes. It changes. But the Season. peanut butter, peanut butter cookie, peanut butter ice cream is still my fave. All right, good, good. Right here, it foamed up. Right here, it foamed up. What a who's who's the greatest MC of all time? <laughs> um, I know that hardcore and hip hop they have lots of ties, streetwear. There's all kinds of things that tie them together. I know you have an opinion. I don't know, man. These are supposed to be quick questions. I think you're thinking too hard. Uh, MF Doom. MF Doom. I like that answer. Who's your favorite non-hardcore band? This doesn't have to be the best, but maybe something that you listen to the most. Uh, I've listened to a lot of Tool lately. Yeah, lots of Tool. Which everybody hates Tool, which I think is like why I like it so much. Yeah. Or like what drives me to listen to it, mm-hmm. just to make them mad. I saw a funny Tool Grateful Dead meme. What was it? Uh, they compared Jerry Garcia and, or they compared the Grateful Dead and Tool by saying that um, they were bands for like people who just like love drugs mm. and uh and their singers like just wrote really bad songs because they were always on a lot of drugs and uh <laughs> it was mostly a drug thing it was pretty funny yeah. Uh, yeah i've never really listened to tool i was not into it in high school i wasn't either per se um, i think that there's just like some songs there that are really solid i don't, I don't i'm not like listening to tools like discography but i listen to, like the hits the yeah. hits are pretty good yeah okay that's probably not the my number one fave not hardcore band but it is right now that's what I'm thinking of that's what you're thinking of what makes a great ginger beer um I think it should be warm I think it should cut pretty hard I think you shouldn't be able to drink it you gotta be able to sip it only sip sip yeah it's got it's it's gotta have a good good ginger warmth and burn to it okay Uh, what's the best straight edge band of of all time Jesus number one why number one that's hard pick it Fast. I don't know, Top man. Ah, uh, youth of the day. Okay, great answer. Thank you. Great answer. Number one answer, actually. Um, what? What's your favorite band T-shirt? <laughs> Do you have a favorite band T-shirt that you own? Is there a shirt that you seem to just gravitate to more often than not? No. No. 
I most of my shirts, my relationship is I just put it on. You just put it on. You don't um, care. I think that I have this Jocko shirt right now that's like really good because it's like kind of a cool design and also very soft. Very soft. Like super soft. Shout out Jocko. Jocko. St. Louis. No. Uh, no. Oklahoma. No. Oklahoma. Oh. Nebraska. Oh really? Omaha is what I Omaha. meant to say, not Oklahoma. Omaha. Omaha. Nebraska. Omaha hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Good um, guys. Great. Well, I have two other quick questions. You have to limit your, um, you have to limit your answers. Okay, let's okay. do it. Let's do it. What's the number one thing that kills local music scenes or DIY spaces, communities? Um, social division. Social division. I, th- I think being too quick to write people off. I think I think is what does it. Mm-hmm. I okay. think uh, not necessarily speaking about you know people being like uh, abusers. Sure. I mean that does cause a lot of division, but also like sometimes that, that kind of needs to happen. Yeah. But like I think other situations where people just like cut and run mm-hmm. or block people out, that yeah. I think. Uh, what is what? What's keeping it alive? What's the most important thing to keeping it going, keeping it running? I think Gats like in the tank. I think love. Love. Love for each other. Mm-hmm. I think like there used to be this like thing that somebody wrote like on the black sheep wall that said like love each other perish i'm mm-hmm. almost positive benny wrote it okay um, sounds like a benny thing yeah but shout um out benny do it um but i think i think like that's like i think if you like aren't showing each other care and respect then like you aren't getting anything you know like like it's 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 bound to end badly mm-hmm. like i think I, don't know. I was just talking to this girl uh, that I know who like goes to shows, and she's like been going to shows for, like forever. And she like was telling me about how her and her friend like quit coming to shows for a month because like they've been going to shows for years, and like nobody like ever speaks to them other than like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like I don't know. Like to me, I think that's like a very like explicit and clear like if people come to shows and they don't feel love, they don't feel friendship, yeah, then like they're not going to keep coming for sure. Yeah, I remember being a kid and going to the sheep and or or any local like yeah. area show and just not like not feeling like I was a part of the club or like only talking to the one dude that I was there with standing in the corner going outside to smoke and like hiding because like you didn't know anybody and it is it is definitely weird I, I definitely um it's hard I think it's hard it to is like, hard too because it's like it's hard as like being the more the more established person, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just mean established in the sense that, like, I know everybody, yeah. kind of. Um, I think it's it's still, it's pretty difficult to be, like, that person, like, knowing a lot of people and, like, talking to these new people that you don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think I hear a lot of people that are, like, my age or a little bit older expressing, like, oh, I I just don't have the energy for that, 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 yeah. da, da. But I guess, like, my response to that is, like, dude, this, like, kid has the energy to, like, drag themselves to this, like, alien space and like yeah. be surrounded by these people that they think are cool, cool. and like won't speak to them mm-hmm. like I think that like you know like at a certain point you kind of got to be like fuck your needs <laughs> like you know what I mean sure. like fuck your like your blase attitude like mm-hmm. bring people in and, like care about them and like that's like what you need to do yeah like if you care about it like if you care about shows like which if you're in a band or booking shows or going to shows, you should care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then like I can tell you right now that one of the biggest and best things you can do is befriending like new people 
and getting them to come in. And like, you know, it's it's cool to try to get like your coworker, your friend who doesn't come to shows to try to come. Mm-hmm. But like it, those people that are actually seeking out on their own, not because of a social tie, those are the people you got to be like, hey, what's up? My name's blah, blah, blah. Like, because those are the kids that will like eventually make bands, eventually book shows, eventually, or just maybe they don't. Maybe they just keep coming forever or whatever, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's like, even if that person disappears after a while, it's still sick to like, make new friends it's like like, what's your complaint you're tired of making new friends like come on there's no what's the downfall like (laughs) yeah the downfall is like i think people i think that like everybody who's like an adult who feels like uncomfortable talking to younger people i think that they have like anxiety about it but like i don't know man like most people that i know that come to shows that are like older they're like pretty cool and like i don't mean that like a negative way i mean like they're pretty cool like in a good way Mm -hmm. like they have cool tattoos they wear cool clothes they kind of like know who they are Mm -hmm. they're in these cool bands they like cool bands so it's like this kid who's coming here for like the first time and like listens to slipknot all the time and like is like chilling a hot topic like he thinks you're like the coolest fucking person on the face yeah. of the earth. So like, I would say bite the bullet and talk to him mm-hmm. or her, you know I mean? Her too. Like, yeah, especially yeah. like, I feel like it especially hits like young girls coming to shows. Yeah. I definitely think that they're like the least talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And don't be a fucking creep. Like, mm. You know, and that's the other part. Like, don't just talk to them if you're like trying to screw them. Like, yeah. That's like, weird. That's crazy. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Don't do that. Till We Die is brought to you by Barisi Boys with production by Luke Welchel and Elijah Settles of Miko Club. I'm going to say big thanks to Drew for all you do and for talking to me, my wife for letting me stay out with the boys to make this, and Sonny Sandoval from POD. Our theme song is by Brandon Tyler Carnes. The song you heard at the beginning of the show was Another World, and the song at the end was called Broken Man, both by Prevention from the Your Bad Habits release. You can pick it up on cassette tape at a show or listen to it on Spotify or Bandcamp. Thanks for listening. All right, Drew. Well, thanks. Um, thanks for being on this podcast that we're oh, starting. Yes. Happy uh, to be on the, the, the Maiden Voyage. Maiden Voyage. That's not the name of the podcast. Well, um, well but it's, isn't that what they call a ship's like, first trip out to sea? I don't know. Are we, are we doing this out at sea? Yes. I'm, Oh, We're on okay. a boat. This is a boat. This is a boat podcast. It's a boat in the mall. It's a boat in the mall. Stop telling people about the mall. Hey.